Welcome to Millennials Talk, your weekly DNM with millennials who are changing the world. One slice of smashed apple on toast at a time. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Millennials Talk. I hope you had a great week and a happy Valentine's. Happy Valentine's Day. Had a great time with your guy, girl, whoever you have, whether you celebrated or not. I spent time with my friend and we recorded this episode. Um, I also know other people that had anti-Valentine's Day parties, which I've always thought is kind of cool. You know, have, have you seen like that movie Valentine's Day where Jessica Biel's character, she gets a pinata, she throws this massive anti-Valentine's Day party. And I think that is kind of like, I think I'd be down to do it. I really want to do it one day, not because I hate Valentine's Day, but because I like a party. So this week I sat down with my friend Fiona, who if you don't know who she is, go back and listen to episode one. She's a hoot and the sweetest little thing. And we talked about this article that said millennials are destigmatizing two topics their parents viewed as taboo. And it says a lot about the world we've grown up in. And those two topics is money and mental health. So we really delve into... I guess the taboo topics and share our experiences growing up with money, um, whether it was talked about in our families. We also talk about religion, another taboo topic, and of course, mental health. I think these topics are really interesting because they are somewhat taboo in society even today, but I think more and more they, like the article stated, they are getting destigmatized. If you would like to read the actual article, I'll link it in the show notes below, but if not, or if you're just ready for the chat, then that's awesome and we'll see you right there. So millennials, are you ready to talk? I've never drunk coffee in my life. Oh, good, don't. <laughs> Fiona, I came in today and Fiona was like, I have a headache, so I'm having coffee. <laughs> I was like, that doesn't sound like that's the answer to your no, issue. but I didn't have, usually I have like a venti-sized coffee, basically. Um, like, I make it at home. Okay. Because I'm not bougie. But it's, it's basically the equivalent to like I accumulate one venti coffee in me during the day and okay. I just like got distracted and didn't really drink it. And then um, I realized when I got home, I didn't have enough caffeine because I'm like, you get like addicted to caffeine. Mm-hmm. So I hadn't had my usual dose. And around 5 p.m. I started to A, get sleepy and B, feel like if I didn't have a cup of coffee, I was going to have a headache. So at 7, I caved and I had a bit of coffee. makes sense to me I mean because addiction (laughs) yeah see that's the thing it's an addiction and you know it's Valentine's Day so Fiona so gracefully (laughs) gave up her Valentine's Day she had a nice Valentine's I hope wait I didn't even ask you did you have a good Valentine's Day we had a nice Valentine's Day okay what'd you do we uh well last year we went to Solving so we did what's that it's like this adorable little town I think it's Dutch I honestly am not exactly sure so I don't want to say the wrong thing but it's it looks like a fairy tale and it's outside of Santa Barbara and it's like very touristy but like in the best way like it doesn't feel it's just like people go there to wine taste and like look at how cute the adorable little like fairy tale looking buildings are. okay that's really cute it's very slow like it's not like hectic LA tourists you know um and we did that and we said no gifts and this year we wanted to do something like that but schedules have been crazy so we've done just like a very cozy movie wine homemade dinner kind of situation and uh 
I guess we didn't even say this yet. My boyfriend is on a plane to Iceland currently. So we did low key this year. That's nice. Which was honestly nice because Valentine's Day is kind of a made up holiday. So and it's nice because I got to spend it with someone. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm so happy you're my Valentine. I know you're my Valentine. I was like, should I get her a card? And then I forgot. I literally, I wanted to pick up flowers, but then I was too lazy to go do it. Because I like plot, because he's in Iceland. So I was like, oh, we like could get some fresh flowers in here. Because our like apartment table flowers were dead. And then my roommate's boyfriend graciously gave us some flowers. So freshened the flowers anyways and i didn't run out to get you any at that point that's fine i because because i was gonna do it when i went grocery shopping but then you were like oh we could go get some groceries and i was like oh i'll get her something like a piece of chocolate (laughs) but we never left so now it's like here and we are here to talk about millennials talk topics that's that sort of episode sure so today i was online and I read an article from Business Insider and it said, Millennials are destigmatizing two topics their parents viewed as taboo. And it says a lot about the world they've grown up in. So that's the title. They really okay. clickbait you in. Yeah, I was going to say, in, what are these two tell topics? Tell me more. So the first dot point, they're like, for you people that can't be bothered reading my article, millennials are helping to destigmatize two taboo topics in the hopes of electing change, money and mental health. Okay. I mean, I could continue, but I feel like that we don't really, money, really even read money read and it. mental health. Millennials are, tra- are championing to elect change in those areas. Is that what the point was? Yes. In the sense of it's not a taboo topic to talk about. Right. Whereas I feel like before even like not even just baby boomers, but what's the one above us? Gen Y. Gen Y. Gen Y. That was a kind of like taboo situation. Um, what's this quote say? Um, money and mental health, two topics that can be kind of sort of uncomfortable to discuss, Mm -hmm. which is true, Mm -hmm. but that's not the case for many millennials. While their parents may have been more closed off about discussing these taboos, the younger generation is helping to destigmatize them. Whether it's salary, debt, depression, or anxiety, millennials are much more likely to share it all. Why? Millennials are struggling with both money and mental health. (laughs) They have less of the former and more issues with the latter than previous generations did. And they realize that it has something to do about it. They need to talk about it. Totally. I, as a millennial, agree. I think that I've never felt, I've always known, like you and I said before, like you don't talk about, oh, you don't talk about money. I feel like I've always heard that phrase in the sense where people go, you don't talk about money, but this is how much debt I have. Like, oh, I know you don't talk about money, but I'm not making any money, man. Like, that's the only real version of that phrase I've ever heard. And my parents were always very open. I mean, there was the recession, like my family went through ups and downs, like still continues to ebb and flow. Like we were not like this very steady, steady financial status for my entire childhood. So... I think that part of could be part of it is like mm. a lot of parents when we were growing up were probably affected by that recession yeah. in the in the states. I don't know that Australia was, yeah. blah, blah, blah. but like when that hit, it it became a candid conversation of like we're eating out less, and this is why. Like my parents were always very honest about it, and I never felt like oh hush, hush, this is some big secret. Like, it feels like that's maybe where the shift started for me. I don't know. Maybe. If that, I don't know if that was, like, a part of it. But that's always been 
that's always been the tone is like you keep it private but here are the facts like you keep right. it we don't really we don't really talk about it but let's talk about it interesting because i felt like you just don't like the, really the, i i was just like you just don't even bring it up it's not a discussion you talk about wow but i was made i was brought up in the sense that i knew whatever money my mom had was not my money right she made that very clear okay that like she'd like you know she used to when i was in trouble which was like a lot <laughs> she used to be like you know when people like go to your room go set you know send you to your room she'd be like that's not your room mm. you live in my house mm. i'm like don't have a fucking child then but she, no but she very much she made it like that, that's not your room that's my room Mm -hmm. that I'm letting you stay in Mm -hmm. right now and you better clean it up because you don't own that room interesting yeah so she's pretty like she's technically I mean she's strict she's strict but that's just like that's laying down some like cold hard facts to a degree yeah it makes sense it was never my room our parents own our homes yeah yeah, it's not it's not technically my house she took like away the entitlement the entitlement yeah Yeah. that's the exact word like obviously it was my room right right right. you didn't pay rent (laughs) no I wasn't paying rent it's like a six-year-old in my room but that wasn't my room right so that I remember that very clearly she made that very clear but yeah my mom always said and my grandma two things you don't talk about three things you don't talk about money religion and politics whereas I find all those things right. are so much – they're really talked about these days. I was going to say, I don't think, like, religion – I didn't grow up very religious at all. Like, we weren't a very – we didn't, like, do church every Sunday. We were not, like, an atheist family. But, like, we were not routinely religious in right. any way. Um, My dad grew up Christian. My mom grew up Catholic. And, like, my mom didn't really want to raise her kids Catholic. And my dad was already sort of a very, like, unique – not unique relationship with God, but not church every Sunday. Kind right. of that's not how he like spiritual. Spiritual. That exactly. He was not like very strict with the way he handled faith either. So we grew up with like an understanding and an appreciation. Um, but yeah, nothing very routine. So I just don't have a lot to bring to the conversation of religion. So I feel like it In kind the first of place. Yeah. So I feel like that one isn't something that I would say, oh yeah, like people don't talk about religion and I talk about religion all the time. But I will say I think people are careful and cognizant of trying to be respectful of other people's religions and understand other people's religions, at least in my limited experience in life, yes. in a way that I don't think existed when my parents were younger or I, when their yeah, parents were I younger. I completely agree. I, I mean, to be honest, I can say this confidently on behalf of you and myself. Mm. We don't surround our people that uh, surround ourselves with people that... exactly uh very one-sided yeah totally i i have friends of all different Everything. sorts of malig- yeah, religions exactly. and it doesn't bother me or worry or me them. one bit you know what i you mean know? like i have some friends who are incredibly religious my yeah. boyfriend grew up very very religious right like, i have no i guess it's like the discomfort in discussing religion yes. i would agree is not there so much because i can very much be like oh you and i don't look the same we're not different like yeah. i'm a millennial that's cool to me yeah. you know like it doesn't it doesn't bother me what religion see I you know how I always like that religion is what starts wars mm-hmm. completely mm-hmm. agree mm-hmm. but the thing that starts war is not whether you're Christian or Muslim mm-hmm. the thing that starts war if you're pushing your religion on everyone else in the world right there's nothing wrong with being a Muslim no 
cool. But people are always like, you know, Islamic, you know, they're the ones, the terrorists. They're not the ones starting the wars. It's the ones that, what's the word? They're the um, extremists. Yes. And they're extremist Christians too. There's so, just like, but the thing is, it doesn't stop at religion. The extremist form of literally any opinion is exactly. typically a dangerous it's, one. Like extremism in and of itself, no matter where it is, religion, politics, money, politics, it's all the, the friendships, yeah. relationships, like you probably don't want to go for the most extreme version of anything. Yeah, I think I think you're right. It's an extremist view. It's because they can't see another way or accept that there may be another way or accept that people have different opinions. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I can't talk for anyone else but myself and I can talk for you-ish, <laughs> but I mean 100%. Like we don't hang out with people that are extremists in any shape, way or form. No. But I just think that that article was really interesting with the money, especially Mm -hmm. because I've been talking about this with my mom very recently Mm. about um, money, because even to this day, it's not a thing that I was like, it's interesting that it's so much more open now Mm -hmm. um, because she was telling me a story about, you know, just a personal one with her friend and someone was talking about money and she was uncomfortable. Like there was nothing major about it. It's like, you know, it's just weird that people just bring up money. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I was listening to a podcast and it's called She's on the Money, (laughs) to be honest. And it's, it's actually really good. It's about, it's a podcast that helps you like save and budget and, all those sort of things and just like millennial financial issues. It's right. like very financially based. And one thing they were talking about was the discussion of money and how the it can be really hard to go out. Like it doesn't matter if you're a millennial or not. Some people are brought up to be very open mm-hmm. in talking about money, whereas some people are not. So let's say you go to dinner with a group of friends and you know how it is sometimes you order the smallest thing. People, you don't order a drink or anything. Someone, half the group orders drinks, the biggest meal, and then everyone wants to split it. Mm-hmm. And you're like, now I'm paying like $30 for that side that I right. just had. Right. So the discussion was, I think I had a question from one of the listeners about how do you deal with that when you're really trying to save money and you're not a vocal person and you don't want to be that girl that's like, you guys can split it if you want, but I'm not I'm not involved because I'm just ordering a side. I've already had my main meal at home. Right. How do you go about that? Because some people are more open with money and some people are not. So what's your experience with your friends and money? I was going to say, I think like I maybe am very fortunate in the sense that all of my friends have always very much been like, hey, I'm broke. You're broke. We're all broke, right? Everyone's broke. <laughs> or... <laughs> Like, even if, like, I'm thinking back to, like, the days of college where, like, your grandma sends you 50 bucks in the mail and you're like, I'm freaking rich. Like, I have 50 bucks. Best day. Like, I'm rich right now. You guys aren't rich right now. I want this. Like, what do you want? Like, we've always been, me and my girlfriends have always been so transparent um, because I think we're all very, like, like-minded and hello, we're friends, so we get along well. But I do think I found myself in a in a couple of situations with things like that I know one time I like paid a very hefty bill that I was like oh my god this sucks but it was too big of a group too many people I didn't know that's the thing you don't want to be that person and it's right it's too difficult 
But I don't think it stems from a discomfort in money. More than anything, I think it stems from a discomfort overall in general in math and confrontation. It's confrontation. If I could have very confidently been like, okay, so if I counter with, instead of splitting the bill, I I technically owe X amount and with tax and tip, it factors in this much. So here's X amount of dollars I have in cash. I'm going to lay that on the table. You guys go ahead and split the bill from there super easy I look at a bill like that and I go what's addition multiplication and how do we figure out percentages and and I already don't love to be like hey I'm gonna rock the boat exactly you don't want to if you're having a group of eight people you and everyone's you know we're all happy to split just chuck your card in you don't want to be like I've got twelve dollars ninety three because that's what mine came to with tips and tax I've involved I've like added that in yeah but there are so many things that like Again, I've only, like, core group of friends, I would never feel uncomfortable. Like, the people I can walk around and just, like, have the worst day, have the whatever. All of those people I also would never, I feel like, hesitate. The people I don't hesitate confronting in general. I would have no hesitation being like, yo, I have $10 to my name. I'm giving you my $10 and that's all you can have. And if you want to split the bill a different way, then, like, figure it out without me in it see they I'm would so all be like that really no I feel like all of my girlfriends have all were very like candid with that but there's also I think our generation has fostered an environment where like it's not like taboo I guess would be the word to split the bill because hello the plates app have you ever used the plates app I've heard of it. Is that the one where it splits it yourself? Yes. You literally, it's so cute. You like put everyone's names in, you put down everything on the bill and then each person's name gets a little plate and you drag and drop the items to people's plates. Oh, that's so, so cute. It literally even makes the like, you know, when you it's order fun. like six, the six or $7 appetizer and it's like, well, she had some of that. Uh, it's confusing. Who takes the appetizer? No, it literally does all of that math for you. And then if you just write down on the bill... 3681 to her, 1123 to her, and you put the card numbers with it. Most places, waiters can do that. They can go through yeah. and enter. So if you can come up with the total on plates, literally divvied out, then it's all done for you. That's awesome. But like that app only exists because we live in a time in an environment well, where we people can't do it ourselves. Well, A, we can't do it ourselves because nobody was educated properly in math. I have a very strong theory about that. And B, we're having those conversations and we're splitting it ourselves. And there was a need for an app that simplified the process of splitting the bill because it became more common to split the bill. Right. Just years ago, me and my high school friends would go out and waiters would be like, oh, I can only take two cards. Now, some places obviously still do that. But I've gone to places where they're like, yeah, we'll take 10 cards. It doesn't matter because it's just been normalized. It has to be. So that's just how it is. But how, okay, so that's when you go out to a restaurant. That I can understand. But how open are you with money, money? Like, like money, I, money? I mean, I know you just said that, you know, you, you'll happily be like, I've got $10 to my name. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But obviously that's joking. Mm-hmm. Like you might have mm-hmm. 1250 you know? <laughs> It might be a bit different. But how are you like open with telling people your salary, how much your rent is? I'm very open. Rent, I literally told someone today. I have no problem telling people how much my rent is. I can tell you. Tell the podcast people if you want. Like, I like I'm very open with those kinds okay. of numbers. I also am very open with my salary. Like if anyone's ever asked, like I 
I work on an hourly wage. Like I, if someone's ever curious, I'll tell them what I make hourly, um, which has come up, I think, more than maybe other jobs just because I work like in entertainment on YouTube. Yes. It's an industry people don't have a, as big of a grasp on like what those numbers look like. So it has come up more than you may think. Um, I will say like my boyfriend knows how much money I make an hour. He knows what my rent costs. He knows like sometimes I go to Trader Joe's and accidentally spend $150 when I meant to spend 50. Like we have conversations like that. Does he know the exact number in my savings account? No. Okay. Like, but it also just like kind of has never come up. Because that's the conversation where it's like I'm not really in a I'm not making enough money for those kinds of numbers and conversations. Like, yes. I'm not doing anything with my savings Unless right now. I'm not like, investing yeah. them. Like, you know, he knows how much because I needed help figuring it out. Because, again, I don't think I was properly educated in math. Right. Um, I needed to figure out how to, like, refinance my student loans. Right. So we had a very co- candid conversation. He's great. He's a finance guy. Like, looking at, like, my student loan debt and, like, what my options were and all that. Like, that's my debt. My debt's my debt. Like I have, I mean, I don't hear. I'll tell the people I have $30,000 basically in student loan debt to right. deal with. It's $30,000. Technically speaking, my net worth is negative $30,000. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Like, that's never going to, until that debt goes away, I owe $30,000. And that's exactly. That's what, my reality. And that's what the article said. It's millennials are more willing to share salary because of student debt details. Totally. Because we, I mean, if you don't have it, you're so fortunate and so lucky, but all of those people, anyone I know who's like, um, I know someone whose grandparents were like very generous and paid for every cent of their college education wow. because they could. And that's like so wonderful. That's and wonderful great. if you can do it because it gets you ahead. Absolutely. But they have the most understanding out of anyone I know about what it looks like to have student loan debt because they're so aware of how fortunate they are because they're a great person. But do you know what I mean? Like yes. there, there's really no stigma. We're all for the most part, I think forced unfortunately into the position of if you want a job, especially in this country, you have to have a college education. If you want a college education, you be ready to get one but like the better the job the better the education there's so much like weirdness attached to what schools and what this and what's a good school for blank like you can't just go to any college you have to go to a college that was good for x field that you wanted to be in so like things pile up things get expensive it's like a shared stress yeah the entire generation i have to say i could not be beyond luckier than where I am to have grown up and gone to college in Australia because it's much cheaper, 100% (laughs) cheaper. And obviously you don't live on campus, so that really affects a lot. Right. Um, But yeah, I I was actually really lucky because my first course, because when I was doing health, Mm -hmm. I think they really needed people in the health industry at the time. Interesting. So, So the government brought it down even more. Like oh, I was paying like close to nothing for, I'm sorry, for my, like my subjects and that. That's and then even though I changed over, I was so fortunate because my, my second course, they made you do random subjects with nothing to do with journalism, which yeah, totally makes no sense. Yeah. We have to do it too. But so they, they were happy to like credit biology and weird shit like that. So that was already taken care of. And then after, you know, working, you know, retail or whatever and get my tax return, I have paid off my student debt. Amazing. Which had, 
was the best thing that I could have done. Amazing. No, it, like, you know, I, it literally frees you. It's because yeah, until I then, feel, I feel sad. Like I feel sorry for people, not sorry for people, but I feel like sort of guilty saying that sometimes sure. because I'm like, I feel so fortunate, but I also, I didn't cheat the system. I paid, no. I paid it off. Like you I, did. I earned it. I did it myself. Listen, so. America has graded a lot of things. Our student debt and health, health and Life. education. And there's a lot there's of a things lot of issues that we that have no, like I can even change at this point. We have no business being as big in our britches as we act like we are as a country, but political views aside, getting out from under your student loan debt is a mountain that a lot of people are facing. A lot of people are facing, I think, more independently than in the past. And again, I am not an economics person. I don't know all the ins and outs of the recession and all that jazz. But I do know that a lot of people my age had families that were hit hard at the same time and were recovering from that as we were like, going off to college and creating massive, massive amounts of financial need. And so I think it's a shared issue is that a lot of like middle class families are currently experiencing more student loan debt than maybe they thought they would be than maybe any they want to send their kids to college. Right. And so it's hard and it affects the parents too. Like my parents had to put like loans in there. Like it's not, it's not just a student issue and it's something that we shared with our parents or even if you didn't share it with your parents or you're going through it. So your parents are watching you go through it. It's student loan debt. I think really changed things. Not that it didn't exist before now because it obviously did. It's just different. It's a different, it's a different time. It's definitely, definitely a different time and another thing that i'm reading this article says with the money that we're Mm. more open it's because people are turning to their friends to discuss their salary to ensure they're getting paid enough yeah so i thought that was kind of interesting because like you said before you are happy to if someone asks you like i'm just gonna put out that i don't know how much you make Mm. but if someone you're saying if someone asks you you're happy to share Whereas I'm still uncomfortable with it. Mm. Like I can kind of by listening and keeping my ears open and having a good understanding and grasp of life. I know what most of my friends make like ballpark. Mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, like 52,374. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know that, but I can kind of have a good grasp about what we're making and where we are and where we sit, who's sort of making the more money mm-hmm. versus the mm-hmm. other one. Do you guys like back on that? Do you and your friends just discuss that and see? I'm trying to think like if I knew, like I, I have a ballpark understanding for sure of like my roommate, my close friends, my boyfriend. But no figures. My roommate's boyfriend. Well, the thing is, I think like, I'm trying to, like coming to mind right this second, I can't think of anyone's like yearly salary off the top of my head. Right. But I know we've like very openly discussed like X percentage of a raise, which would be X more dollars to each hour. So if you really wanted to do the math, you really could. And I know that like when, for instance, my boyfriend just switched jobs, there was a huge issue of like, okay, well, I'm making X amount now. If I switched to this company, I'd be making X amount, but I get this kind of benefit and that kind of benefit that I'm not getting here. So like, yeah, it came from, um, anytime we've discussed like blatant numbers, it comes from like either working something out in your own head and wanting to bounce it off of somebody else. And then someone like me, like I'm not committing those numbers to memory because it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Or yeah, just like I guess curiosity to a degree, like for me, especially I've gotten some like gen- just genuine interest 
Um, but yeah, I will say there's definitely, I think, a need to, I think a lot of people that I know are doing jobs that are not established in the normal sense. Right, like the non-traditional jobs. Non-traditional jobs. You're not jobs. an accountant. Exactly. Non-traditional jobs, non-traditional career paths. So there's this question of like, okay, in this city, in this industry, right. am I being treated fairly and am I making enough to live where I need to live. Exactly. Because like, I think can that I it really... Sur- can I survive is exactly. the question. Exactly. Because it really, really depends on where you live, what the living situation is like. If you're living in LA or New York, you need to be making more than someone who's living totally. in the middle of the country. Because 100%. Housing, it's everything. It's fucking nuts out here. Yeah. How much is your rent? My rent is 900 Personally, I pay okay. $925. My roommate pays $925. So whatever that math so is. So about two, you're looking about two grand, just under two grand. Uh, yeah, like with utilities and whatnot. And we have, our place is a steal. Yes. Like, I will say yours is a steal, a as steal. is mine. When we found this place, it's been, a, it's like, the land, it's been the landlord's family. They've owned the building for a zillion years. It's literally been turned over generation to generation of this family. They're really good people. They don't want to overcharge you. Um, their whole thing was like, this is the first unit that opened up in this building. It's a small building for, I think it was 10 years the last people lived in this unit. So wow. like, they create an environment where people stay and they live here happily. And like... I don't know if they just don't know what they could be charging or what, but like let's not jinx it. We exactly when we and we had we have rent control, like we don't have wow. it in we don't have it in our agreement that they can never raise the rent, but in our lease period they wouldn't. You know, just like there's so many things that that made this place amazing. Um, but I will say in our exact same budget, and this fell right at when we graduated. This was like our peak budget, basically, like. Obviously, we had just graduated, yes. so it was nothing above this was going to oh, be God, an option. No. Um, when we started looking, a place 10 minutes down the road that cost more than this, like really pushing the tip of our budget, um, genuinely was so filthy, old, rundown, small, and disgusting that we called it the murder house and genuinely walked out of that listing, like each, I think, head to toe drenched in sweat because we were like, holy shit, that is more expensive than we technically can afford to pay like what are we gonna do what are we gonna do so yeah I think a lot of it is just like setting a budget for yourself but also like getting lucky because it's a tough city yeah so you have to put tools into place to like make your money go as far as possible which I think is why people talk about it so I think you have to and I think because you need to have a gauge of what's around Mm -hmm. If, you know, oh, I like your area where you live, what do you pay for rent? Mm-hmm. So that I know if I want to strive for, a, you know, a building similar to yours, this is what I'm going to look at. Right. I also got a steal. I'm about 1500 Okay. Yeah, that is a steal for yeah. your location. Jeez. For my location in my little place. Like, it's a studio. It's a studio, mind you, 1500 But for what I was looking, that was the lowest I could go and... There were really, really bad places that were higher, oh, oh, and I was, sure. I, I was don't doubt worried. It. I was like, okay, well, like, because I was a stubborn brat, and I was like, I'm gonna live alone, mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, this is crazy. But the thing is, like, that's how, like, your place being a steal at fifteen hundred, like, 
that's the kind of thing where I just thought like, oh, I have a friend who like might be moving here who like I know wants to look for studios. Like I should tell her you can you can get a place for fifteen hundred that looks like Anita's place. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, it is that's how that. information exchanges now because it's it is to a certain degree like totally not weird. Yeah. Like it's not would you ever be upset that a random friend of mine from college knows that your place costs fifteen hundred? No, no, because it just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Like yeah. it's 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 just a number. And honestly, you can probably go on Google and work that out. It, too. Well that's the other thing. Basically, I literally the other day was I forget what I was trying to figure out, but it was one of those like, oh I wonder wonder if maybe it was like I wonder if that actor was in that or was it that yeah. like I can't remember and I had one of these weird moments where I was like holy shit I currently could type it into Amazon Prime on my TV and see what comes up I could put it in my laptop and Google Safari I could text a friend I could ask Alexa or I could ask Siri like this is all a your friends this is a question that I've been pondering I forget what it was but it was like for 10 seconds and I suddenly looked around me and was like why do I even think about things? That, like, I don't know. What am yeah. I doing? I'll just ask one of my 13 different devices that can answer it exactly, for me. Because they're friendly. They're friendly as fuck. Yeah. But it's just, it, it really is a different time. And that brings us to mental health. Mm. So money stress has been linked to the decline in mental health. Totally. Oh, decline in mental health. I was like, some. sorry, I'm tired. Like something <laughs> didn't sound right, but of course that because it, it is stressing because things are more expensive these days. People are more stressed about everything. I feel like more than ever. I don't know. Like I genuinely don't know if people are just more anxious and have more anxiety now or they just didn't talk about it before. That was something actually my roommate and I were talking about very recently is like there's just no way like think about like the Great Depression, right? People were anxious as hell during the... You can't tell me that the entire... That like, it was easy. The, you Like, exactly. You can't tell me that people in the Depression era were not anxious. Like, I don't believe that. I just don't. But I do think that there is such a climate of anxiety widespread in this country right now. A, for political reasons. B, for just, like, safety reasons. There's so many things that are going on that are frightening, that are stirring up anxieties in people that didn't typically have anxiety. People who grew up, you know, not voting, not having to worry about politics are suddenly becoming, well, hopefully becoming political at an age where it's freaking stressful to be political. Yeah. So, like, there's different kind of pressures that people are taking on. But also, I firmly believe that even though people say like, oh, the millennials are the most anxious yet and all this stuff, I think millennials are the most anxious, but only, I think you can't, sorry, I think you can't say millennials are the most anxious. I think you can say millennials are very anxious and very open about it. Because I don't think when my grandma was living in the depression, she was anxiety free. I think she just Mm -hmm. didn't talk about it. I don't think know what it was. No one knew what it was. There wasn't a name for it. You 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 just dealt 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 with with it. it. Yeah, it wasn't like I have anxiety. I need to take a step back. Self care, mental health. It was like get on with it. Like if you don't do something, it's nothing's gonna happen. Right. And there's also still like. You think about like, okay, there's a difference between having anxiety and feeling anxious because anybody can feel anxious at any point in the time. Being anxious is a feeling, yes. right? Having anxiety, that's like a mental health issue. It's a like medical if you, condition. Exactly. You can get anxiety. You can get 
different types. There's a whole across the board, different ways to treat different types of anxiety, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But anxiety is something that like A, can come and go. Even if you have it or don't have it, you can go through good phases and bad phases. And feeling anxious is something that can like creep up on you then go away, like feeling sad, feeling excited. So that's been a big distinguish that I think our generation has made is like destigmatizing the feeling of anxiety. Yes. People are much more open, I think, to say like, I don't know, I'm feeling pretty anxious about that. Yeah. Instead of stressed. Do you know what I mean? There's like, a difference. There's a difference between stress and anxiety. Anxiety yeah. can create stress. Stress can create anxiety, but they are they different. They all go together, but they're all different. And They are different. But I yeah. don't like... They're calling it the therapy generation. Interesting. See, I, I don't. I think that's mean. Like, I don't. I think I see it as a negative. Maybe they're trying to say the the you know um, a, a psychologist has dubbed millennials the therapy generation in an essay for the Wall Street Journal. Interesting. I think that's kind of like she's a, she's a psychologist, so maybe like obviously I can see I can see that there's more millennials going. So I understand that this is the generation that are happy to face it head on and go to therapy a lot more than ever before. But I feel like that's kind of like a stigma and putting people down by saying it like that. Well, I think it's just sort of like the way, like what's funny is you say that, but that's because going to therapy sort of has a rooted like negative connotation, doesn't it? Like if you go to therapy, you need help. Is sort of like you've got issues. Is sort of like a stigma attached to therapy. So it's all sort of like circles back to... Like, I mean, obviously we would have to read that article, but like therapy, I think is getting a, a rebrand in and of itself, this, this, our generation, yeah. because people are like, go talk it out, go get help. There's no shame in getting, do you know what exactly. I mean? Like and it all circles back to the same agreed. rebrand. And they're also saying that, um, and I think now people are branding it and saying, go to therapy when you're happy mm-hmm. because you know, when the bones are good, mm-hmm. like, but your bones, you've got to set the bones so that you can handle the tough times when it goes to shit. Totally. So I totally agree with that. But it's it's interesting because I always think about this. I think we are so progressive in the mental health and the therapy, which I'm so grateful for. And I think it's really good. But at the end of the day, you know, there are days where you're overwhelmed, mm-hmm. you're anxious, you may have anxiety. You may just be panicking, mm-hmm. but if I was to call, if I, let's say I was feeling that way mm-hmm. and I, I couldn't go to work, mm-hmm. I am not calling up and saying I have anxiety. Mm-hmm. I will say something if I have to say something, you know, I've got food poisoning or something. Right. It's still not it's mental still health not, days are still not accepted. It's not a thing because then you looked at, you've got issues. Like right. you're, you're not fit for work. You, you're, you're. You know, something's going on. So I think... But think about like what I... Like I agree. Think about though who you have to call and tell that. Like I... If I was calling... If I if I was feeling anxious... I mean my boss is, is great in this front. So like I feel like actually if this were to happen, it wouldn't be the end of the world. But let's just say hypothetically. If I was having an anxiety attack, I wake up one morning and I'm feeling super anxious. I can't breathe. I'm like, I can't do it. And I called my boss and said, hey, I'm having an anxiety attack. I'm not telling you. I'm telling a 50-year-old man who's in a different generation who's maybe never experienced an anxiety attack or never faced head on what that means and doesn't, doesn't talk think, about it, doesn't, doesn't think, think it's, it's real. valid, doesn't think it's real. Exactly. So it's like if I were working for you and I was like, hey, girl, I'm feeling really overwhelmed. I'm having a super 
bad mental health day. I think I just need to take a day to reset. You would look at me and go, I get you, take your day. That's because true. That's what's the true. difference between me saying like, hey, I'm having a bad mental health day. I can't I can't work. There's really at the end of the day, no difference between me saying that or me saying, hey, I have a fever. I can't work. Either way, you're out of commission. We just validate that version of out of commission. And I don't think the people at the top, your bosses, the people that are in that next age up have universally agreed to validate it the way that That's people the we have until until it's time you're right because if you worked for me and you called me up and you were like i i need a self-care day mm-hmm. like i i just can't do this i'll be like girl you go do that it's because not a spa day it's like not, there's a difference I'm, yeah and we i'm get not that. saying go have your i mean go if that helps you i i'd actually be down <laughs> with it i'd be like you know if that is what relaxes you and gets the toxins out i'd be like go have your massage go do you because at the end of the day if you're having a bad anxiety, you're not having a good day, you're going to be unproductive for me anyway. Exactly. I'd it's rather you same, reset. It's the same thing. It's the same. Like at the end of the day, Why it's the same vomiting thing. Bad, vomiting. Like, Why is it? Yeah, it shouldn't be different. But I think more and more, it's definitely becoming more acceptable. But I, I will admit, like at this point, I will not call in sick and say, I... I'm having a mental health, you know, mental breakdown. Yeah, no, because it is. It's not, it's not there yet. It's not there yet. Like even when it's like a chronic fatigue day, which happens quite regularly, I'll, I'll, I'll happily admit mm-hmm. where, and, but I, I still, they, no one really gets it. I'm going to say it like, it's like hours. I'll lie in bed in so much pain. You just can't move. Yeah. So I'm not looking to get up and go to work, you know, and even, after the hours have moved on and I'm feeling a little bit better, I could work, but I'm not going to go up and go to work. But when I call in sick, it's just like an overall sickness. It's right. not I'm having a chronic fatigue day because that just sounds like I'm just going to – I just want a little nap. I stayed out too late last night, so I'm just going to have a sleep. Right. And the crazy thing to me is like you're someone who I know is like taking care of yourself. You work so hard. I like try. You, you take care of yourself. So like if you're saying like, hey, I'm in bed, I'm in bed with a chronic fatigue day, chronic fatigue day, you're in bed with chronic fatigue. Like there is no doubt because you're doing everything you can to take care of yourself. There is no reason anyone should have to doubt your whatever, right? Thank you. But again, like it's just so interesting because we fully put people in the acceptable position of you calling in and saying, hey, I have food poisoning. Hey, I have a fever. And then being like, hmm, does she have a fever? Is she really sick? Whatever. It's a sick day. Yeah. But you feel a completely inappropriate. Like you, it would be totally inappropriate to say, hey, I'm having a chronic fatigue day or hey, totally I'm having an anxiety attack day. day. They would still be in the same position of believing you or not believing you. But people aren't saying that. They're still going to say Food poisoning food or poisoning fever. And no matter what, yeah. that excuse is probably, I've done it. It's I've been gastro, the che- yeah. I've been the cheer captain who's been like, are you really sick? Do you really have food poisoning? Let's like, check her this, socials. This is a really important practice. Like, yeah. it, it's just, it comes from when you're in that leadership role. It's hard to like, not whatever. It's hard. But you know, you but have to still, learn that everyone needs a day. Exactly. You need it too. You need it too. And you know, I'm not throwing up, but it's the same thing. If my mental health isn't there, you don't want me at work. Yeah. You don't want them in practice. You don't want them at center. It's not good. It's just going to ruin everyone else's day. It's going to fall everyone else behind. We're going to all get frustrated and it's just not worth it. I just wish that. And I, I, it will happen. It will come. I think it is becoming more acceptable. I like, I always just like, every time I talk about mental health, I just think about this. I have a, so a few years back, mm-hmm. um, I had a friend who actually committed suicide. Mm. And, sorry. I get like, I start smiling. Like I'm not smiling. 
that I when when I when I get like uncomfortably sad, I start smiling. It's a very bad trait. It's a tough trait. It's a very bad trait. But anyway, so that happened, and. I I went to the funeral and everything and I was babysitting some family friends. They're like my godchildren at the time. Mm-hmm. That was like my job and, you know, picking them up from school. And so obviously that afternoon I wasn't too cheery. I was like, what up? You know, just like, you know, just in my zone, just like, you know, appreciate life, you know, the whole thing. Yeah. And my mom, like, well, close family friends my mom came over later in the day and the parents were there like oh you don't look that happy today is everything okay and my mom was i was with my mom we were explaining because she was at the funeral too right and the dad was like that's just bullshit like you know um mental health that's just like such an excuse like you know it went on like that and i was just like it's a disease you don't have just like so like he's so lucky to not like if he really doesn't believe that that exists, then mm. and because he just can't relate to it on any level, then Good. he's incredibly lucky. But like, but it's just not. It's just not a reality not for a most reality. people, and it's sad that he doesn't realize how lucky he is yeah. to have mental health that doesn't put it. You know I what just, I, mean? I was like, just so happy. Like the only positive thing that came out of, like, not, obviously nothing positive came out of it, but at the funeral, both her parents were happy to like say out loud and accept and say mental health is a disease. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it was like, it was the same thing if, you know, she passed from cancer versus Mm -hmm. mental health. People just need to get in that mind frame. When you're in that space, you're in the space Mm -hmm. and no one can help you and no one can get you out. You have to get yourself out. Mm -hmm. And you you have to have the right tools and support, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Well, I don't want to end this on a bad note. So let's bring something a bit happier. What... Are you looking forward to this weekend? Oh boy! Well, I mean, your boyfriend's in Iceland now, I was so say, you're kind I'm of alone. I, well, I have. Let's oh, that was see. kind of really sad. You're not alone. I'm here. <laughs> no, um, I have. I believe I'm supposed to go home, so I'll be seeing my parents, oh, fun. my dogs, which is exciting. Tell them hi. I will. And honestly, this apartment could use a deep clean. So since he's going to mm. be out of town, and I think my roommate might be gone for one of the days, scheduled a deep clean, which it's, it's every time. once in a while can be kind of fun and exciting. I love it. I love a good challenge. You can it's like, not listen to a podcast in the morning. right, and it's not that dirty. You know no, what I mean? It's, like it's cl- by the it's way, guys, be, it's like spotless. It's going to be manageable, so it'll feel like very satisfying good. yeah um and i think that's pretty much it i like that a lot actually i thought of your mom today you did yeah because i went to that walgreens that building where she works. oh yeah i was like so i wonder funny. if i would bump into her i did not oh that would have been so cute she's yeah tell hi i will she's yeah, the best she is the best what are you doing this weekend um working oh, i'm gonna work that. and packing for your big trip yeah it's so exciting i'll be home soon yay and yeah I'll be, I'll, I'm, I'm pretty excited now oh i'm, I'm so happy for Monday you Monday night so when this podcast is live yeah we're gonna make this one live next Woohoo! i'll be actually i won't be home i'll i'll be I, actually i'll be at work and then i'll go to the airport when this is live but you know go listen to it whenever you want <laughs> it's fun anyway thank you fiona for oh, of course hosting valentine's day 2020 Woo-hoo. this is a I was like, you brought a sound effect? <laughs> oh, that was scary. Um, I, I'm so tired. You're so tired, too. You had a long week. It's been a long one, man. It's yeah. time. It's time. I love you. Love you, too. I'll see you soon. See you soon. All of you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>